When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Here we go. Jackson for his tight end, brought in by Mark Andrews, who escapes and goes all the way for the touchdown. Intercepted, picked up by Thomas. Earl Thomas with a foot race. Brown won't get him. That will be six. Running a little option. Jackson beats. Jackson breaks the tackle. He's right to the pylon, and it's a touchdown. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Pod Like a Raven. My name is Antonio Barbera. I'm joined in the studio by my good friend Tim Horsey. Hey. Tim, how's it going? Oh, it's good, man. How are you? I'm very, very, very incredibly excited to talk Ravens with you two guys again. And then joining us all the way on the West Coast, La La Land, Jay Sevens. How's it going? It's going great, guys. As Tim said, very excited. <laughs> I have to very say, if there's a excited. man fit for L.A., it's Jay Sevens. There's no, there's no man I know more that's fit for Hermosa Beach, California, <laughs> soaking in the rays than I, Mr. Jay Sevens. I don't know what this says about me. I was thinking about this. I don't think I wore shoes in August. Just didn't. Just flip-flops every day. <laughs> Congratulations. That's a hell of a feat. <laughs> so for those of you who, who don't know us or who haven't listened to us before, we all went to the University of Maryland together and did a uh, very famous show called Ravens wrap up uh, through three years of, uh, of yeah, undergrad. Th- three years. Three years. And we decided at the after five years apart that it was time to get a Ravens talk show back together. So we're here now, pod like a Raven. Five years later, we're so excited to get into it, and we have our first episode here as sort of a preseason, you know, roundup, and and we'll talk about what happened in the off season, and then we'll get to this coming season and week one. Kicks off in three days, man. Three days. So let's start with State of the Ravens. Uh, last year, you know, a 10-6 and six season ended with a heartbreaking wildcard round playoff loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. And then we had an offseason that was a real changing of the guard, <laughs> both on offense and on defense. So let's get to, uh, to some of these names who changed here. What... Jace, what happened to this roster from, from one year to the next? <laughs> yeah, change, uh, not insignificant. Um, we should probably start with the guy 
who had played more games in Ravens history than anyone else. That is Terrell Suggs. He is no longer on this team. Um, I can't believe it. And he's not retired. We should also mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he's still play. around. Yeah, we'll see him in week two, actually. Football. Week two. Um, so he is gone. Um, and we'll probably get into this in a little bit, but not an insignificant problem in its self when it comes to a certain category called sex. Um, <laughs> uh, Joe Flacco, um, arguably should have led with him, but, uh, the greatest quarterback in Ravens history for what it's worth is no longer <laughs> the quarterback. He is officially gone. Not that we didn't know this was coming. He is now on the Denver Broncos, uh, which is somehow fitting. <laughs> I think it was telling Jace that you didn't mention him first. That, <laughs> that wasn't the first name yeah. that he thought that needed to be discussed. Yeah. You know, we, the years we spent wishing he wasn't still the QB. Uh, now I guess some fans dreams have come true. So, uh, but the fun doesn't stop there. Uh, CJ Mosley <laughs> is now a member of the New York Jets, our first round pick in 2014. Uh, one of the better, I would say, middle linebackers uh, in the NFL um, does not play for us. Minor issue. Uh, <laughs> and then we also lost on the defensive side, Eric Weddle and Zadarius Smith is gone as well. Another issue when it comes to getting sacks. <laughs> Which the, might be a, the line and the linebacking core is a discussion that we need to have at some well, point about how this team is going <laughs> to get pressure on the quarterback. But another, so the big thing, Flacco's gone. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is now the guy. I'll, I mean, we've seen very little over the summer. <laughs> they, they've kept this pretty under wraps. But the big question for this team is going to be the development of Lamar as a passer. They've kept it hidden in the preseason. Tim, do you think we're going to, is he going to be unleashed in week one or is this going to be, let's run the ball 40 times, 50 times, 60 times and pass when absolutely necessary? Look, they're playing the Dolphins. Is he really going to have to throw the ball? We'll get to that in a little bit. The only thing we did see from Lamar is him speeding down the highway thanks to his own Instagram (laughs) over the summer. Um, There was a lot of talk that, uh, this is coming from somebody as you'll come to find out if you're a loyal listener and, and do listen to this on a consistent basis. I am a Lamar Jackson stan, I think is what the kids call it nowadays. <laughs> I love me some Lamar action Jackson. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we haven't seen a lot. I think that is kind of um, by design, clearly. He did not play a lot of reps in the preseason. Um, bringing in Greg Roman. You got Gus Bus Edwards. You got Mark Ingram. The offensive line is just a, a, an atrocity, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but, they're, but they're running the scheme that they did last year, and I think they're going to build on that. And... The run game is going to be the key for this offense. And, yeah, I expect him to throw the ball a little more. But I think, like, his main option is Mark Andrews. Like, we can't ask a ton from this guy. It's the same thing we talked about with Flacco for years, where he didn't get the options, he didn't get the options, didn't get the options. The big thing coming out of the draft, they spent two of their first two, – two picks in the first three rounds on wide receivers, which is more than they ever did in the Joe Flacco era. So that's a good start, but we just don't know if these guys are proven yet. Marquise Hollywood-Brown hasn't played a lot due to injury in the preseason, too. So, yeah, overall, long story short, I think this team is going to, as, as every radio person in the world has said now, they're, they're going to zig when everybody else is zagging. Everybody else <laughs> is going to a passing league. We're going to be three yards in a cloud of dust. And frankly, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome old I school was... football. I was looking at some box scores kind of in the lead up and I'm just excited for football season, you know, looking back at how last season went big fan of some of those box scores, some 37 minutes time of possession in some (laughs) of those games. Uh, 
I was like, and that will win, but I guess that's the big question, right? Is how big will it win? And, and, and the, let me ask you a question, Jace, real quick, because I, this is something that I remember that you and I used to talk about. And after the loss of the Chargers, you and I were talking, and you said that the, the Chargers had kind of finally exposed this offense. It was the vaunted, they put safeties in as linebackers, and, and we didn't adjust, and, and that, that was kind of the demise of the Ravens' season. How much kind of smoke and mirrors do you expect from the run game this season? Um, and then Antonio, I can throw it to you too, especially with, and as we'll get to it, the incredible weaknesses along the offensive line. <laughs> yeah, that's been, as I've pondered it, um, definitely a concern. Uh, you're like, yeah, they will just be a smash mouth football team. And then you look and you're like, well, <laughs> will they? For them? Yeah. Um, now, Jackson could throw in college. I think he was probably they I he has. There were definitely times last year he had touched that. I think we hadn't seen from our boy Joe in a while. <laughs> um, as you know, injuries kind of started what, excitement, to wear. Entertainment, just <laughs> yeah, anything on that side of the ball. Yeah. Leading the league in pass attempts while averaging six yards an attempt. <laughs> Things <laughs> like that. Um, uh, so I am excited. I think there, yeah, I just have a general excitement over the start of the Jackson era. It's new. It's fresh. And it was exciting down the stretch last year, but I think, or at least I certainly hope, that this is the year we actually see what he can do as a passer and if he's kind of fully a long-term answer or can win games in the NFL. I think the, the smoke and mirrors is going to be how they can implement the passing game with Lamar Jackson's strengths. And I think sure. they did not have the wide receivers on the roster last year, nor did they really have the time to, to implement the passing that's going to work with Lamar Jackson skills and, you know, work off of the run game. Smokey Brown, love that guy, loved him on the team, <laughs> but <laughs> did not think it was going to be a loss, but he's a guy who's gone. Michael Crabtree, I'm not bothered at all nope. that, that he's gone. He <laughs> was you. not, I mean, yeah, you know, he was past his prime anyway, but he was not the right guy for this offense. There are going to be a lot of passes that travel more laterally than vertically <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, that's gonna happen a lot to guys like marquise brown i saw him catch like two balls in the preseason and his hands looked good so let's see him catch some bubble screens and then turn those into so, 30 yard gains but that's gonna be tim to answer your question i think that's gonna be the change to work off of the run game tim and i had a conversation about one marquise brown a few days weeks ago he's a receiver who can actually catch which we haven't tried to draft. It's a novel in the first idea, round. right? <laughs> An incredibly novel idea from this team. Uh, past first round receivers, I mean, I think there's been four of them. Some illustrious names in Ravens history: Brashad Perryman, most recently. Oh my gosh. Uh, You're gonna piss me uh, off know, this early. Mark into this Clayton, rain. who's probably the best first round receiver we've taken. That doesn't say much. Uh, Travis Taylor in the mix there. Um, <laughs> so uh, he doesn't have to do too much to kind of surpass that group. And he was very productive at Oklahoma in a way that guys we haven't we've drafted in the past haven't been. Sure. So I am optimistic. But like you said, haven't seen a lot of them. Uh, definitely not a big guy. So probably some injury concerns. But we shall see. And then Miles Boykin, other new rookie receiver out of Notre Dame, was pretty much their most productive uh, wide out. Yeah, I mean, it, be the, the Boykin, miss, but <laughs> Boykin's got a lot of talk as like that guy out of training camp who was really impressed. Same thing with Jaleel Scott. And I think 
we can look at the wide receivers all day. I think the passing game is really going to, you know, its bread and butter is going to come from those tight ends, I think is what might be one of the strongest uh, groups on this team. And we can talk about the defense in a minute where I think there's some absolute superstars. But I love Mark Andrews. Maybe it's just because he looks exactly like Gronk and he even wears like the same type of bands outside of like the elbow pad. So maybe that's my dumb brain going, oh, yeah, this guy's great. Uh, Hayden Hurst yet to kind of prove himself, but I think is a second or third option among the tight ends. Nick Boyle, more more of a blocker, um, but also can catch the ball. Uh, and kind of be an outlet for Lamar Jackson, too. Those are the guys I think that they're going to rely on primarily outside of the run game. And then it's nice to just have a guy like Marquise Brown who can, at the very least, blow the top off the defense. So Big fan get- of Mark Andrews, uh, I got to say. Drafted him in fantasy. He adheres, He's still doing the Salt Bay meme like a year after <laughs> that was a popular. So Gotta that's that. a big fan of that. <laughs> Hope he keeps that going. Uh, I I completely agree with Tim. I think he's primed for just a breakout year. So let's get into more of these different subsets. I've, I've broken this down into what do we know about this team and what don't, what's unproven with this team. So we talked about the, the receiving core, talked about the passing game. Those two, two things we're not positive about, but I'm optimistic that there's going to be at least creativity and playmaking abilities. Two things that have not been associated with Ravens offense in a very long time. The other big thing we've been we've been, you know, sort of circling it. So let's get to it now. The pass rush. What oh is boy. this team <laughs> What is this team going to do to get pressure on the quarterback on a consistent basis? Let me ask you guys just a question and and not to answer a question with a question, but I'm legitimately curious because again, after five years, we're kind of bringing this back where we talk Ravens all the time. And admittedly, we haven't always been able to do that in these five years. That happens when you get freaking full-time jobs and stuff. It's just not nearly (laughs) as fun anymore. Um, What is your take on Matt Judon? Am I the only person who just isn't that big of a fan because I don't like losing that one game a year on a boneheaded 15-yard penalty. Is that just me? Is, uh, is it only because he's the only guy on this team who might be able to rush the passer outside well, of maybe Pernell McPhee? I mean, what's the story? Which I did want to say, Pernell McPhee back, wrote it in all caps, did not have a sack last year, so that's not <laughs> encouraging, but still, still glad to have him in the fold. Uh, but yes, back to your Judon point, I completely agree with you, Tim, because... All preseason, you know, we've seen things. Who's going to rush the passer outside of Matt Judon? And I say, is Matt Judon going to rush the passer? He had seven sacks last year, which is fine. You know who else had seven sacks? Terrell Suggs, who's like 36, and we just left, let leave. He's <laughs> arguably a, one of the three best players in the history of the franchise. <laughs> and then the, the stat that I have been sort of thinking over for the I'm a, it's This is not going to sound great, but the stat I've been thinking over for the past six months Matthew Judon, three sacks in a row in one game yep. against uh, the Oakland Raiders and Derek Carr. You heard it in the open. That's like one of the highlights you hear in the open. <laughs> that's it. And that's that's three of the seven. The Ravens tied for 11th last year with 43 sacks. Um, and you, like, like Jace pointed out earlier, you're losing some of your uh, top producers there. Luckily, and we can talk about them a little bit here, You've got maybe the best defensive backfield this team has had in in an incredibly long time since the days of, you know, Chris McAllister and Ed Reed. Um, But that being said, if the quarterback gets five, six, seven seconds to throw the ball, anybody can get open. It's not going to matter. So I think I think this pass. I think the offensive line has kind of been the biggest 
oh my god, what are they going to do about this? But the pass rush, and and you know, it's stupid, but it these things are catchphrases for a reason, or cliches for a reason. Excuse me. Defense is one in the trenches, and the two weakest parts of your team, arguably, are your offensive line and your pass rush, which is just, it's incredibly concerning. That being said, and we'll get to it a little later, I'm really excited about this team. Well, we, when you talk about that <laughs> secondary, I think they're going to leverage that skill set to rush the passer. I think we're going to see blitzes almost on every yep. down, press coverage, straight man-to-man, lateral Thomas sort of run around and, <laughs> and, and find the ball. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I 100% agree with both of you. Uh, it's great that the secondary is great because, yeah, <laughs> they're going to have to cover for a while. So at least it certainly seems like it. Unless, you know, one of these young guys, Jalen Ferguson, perhaps led, I believe, college football division yeah. one in all time sacks. If he could find it at the next His level. His nickname is Sack Daddy. Which is just incredible. Great nickname. Yeah, all in on that. <laughs> I think, too, and I believe uh, it was a piece from Andy Benoit in Sports Illustrated talking about how this defense is going to kind of mix things up with blitzes like you were talking about. And they kind of will do a little bit of man, a little bit of zone, but it's nice to have those guys on the outside that you know, like a Marlon Humphrey, who, and we'll get to it in a second, might be the Ravens' best player. Uh, arguably, he's in that top three let's, or four. Let's get into it now, Let's then. do it. Fine. Oh. Uh, I'm going to put my hat in for, let's do it, Marlon Humphrey. I just I love having a lockdown corner, a guy who uh, has a strong Twitter game, too. Always appreciate that. <laughs> and, and a guy that, like I said, if they're going to mix these things up, and if you, if you have to blitz the quarterback, which they're going to have to do because they don't have the guys that can do it one-on-one, you better have the guys that can do it one-on-one on the outside and be able to cover the, the team's number one receiver, and Marlon Humphrey is absolutely that guy. I... A thousand percent agree with you, Tim. I am not I don't know how much I'm ready to throw my 100 percent behind him because I think but I think this well, Antonio kind of screwed me there. I kind of had to at that point. That's <laughs> I think this could be a huge leap year for him. He's only 23, third year out of Alabama. He seems primed. He could be one of the best or better cover corners in the league. Um, I certainly uh, think he's right up there or is going to be. Um, and I think that combined with new incomer Earl Thomas, who based on accomplishments in his career might be our best, our other best player. Um, it certainly makes a good secondary and hopefully Jimmy Smith stays healthy because he'll be getting a lot of balls thrown his way. <laughs> I think this <laughs> For year. sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's hard to argue against Marlon Humphrey. My only Concern is he is so young, he's so green. He has been talked about a lot this offseason based on his play last year. I mean, this wasn't just something like, a, you know, he's a prospect who's now ready to shine. He right. proved it already, but now he's going to be the guy. He's going to be matched up to the number one receiver in every game. Yeah. The only no. other, I mean, Earl Thomas is the other guy. It's sort of, it's, I don't know what to make of the fact that an incoming player is going to immediately be our most established you know, all pro coming all off a broken like, leg too. Right, right? and that's something yeah. that we're and gonna have to see if he's fully recovered from that. The the Earl Thomas concern is he had these accomplishments. Will he still? I don't know. He snapped his <laughs> leg in half like last October, so uh and then flipped off his coach on the way off the field. <laughs> and, and that was so, the end of that. That was the end of his So hopefully he's had a lot of time to recover, but uh, you know, that's still a serious injury. Um I'll so, throw one more, one more name in the mix, and I'm going to say this name on purpose because A, he's a phenomenal player, and B, I want to segue into the last 
group on this team that we haven't talked about in detail yet, but the other guy, Marshall Yonda. Until he proves me that he's not the best Raven on the team, he could be just the same stalwart along the uh, offensive line. Yep. That being said... <laughs> Literally carrying the load. How yeah. about the other four guys on the <laughs> offensive line? That's the other... That's my last thing that I... That's Ugh. we have no idea how they're gonna perform. Well, I see Tim over here is <laughs> deep rubbing his, his temples. He doesn't know what to make of this. Who wants to take this first? What are we uh, gonna well, do? Is it? Are there enough slots filled along this line that it's gonna be fine, or are the holes that still exist too much of an issue? Yeah, no, and then yes to that. To that. Um, I. <laughs> I'm I'm an incredible pessimist. Uh, a lot of the time when it comes to this team, and I'm gonna there's gonna be games this season where we're gonna watch Lamar Jackson struggle, but it's because he's gonna get about a second and a half, and he's gonna be scrambling out of the pocket, and it looks good because he's very good at that particular skill, but he's gonna be running for his life Run! for the entire game, and people <laughs> are gonna just jump on top of him because that's what you do. You jump on top of the quarterback. It's his fault. It's his fault. This offensive line is atrocious, oh and God. I have no idea why they haven't addressed this. Matt Sakura is your center? <laughs> Did we not see enough last season that this guy is still going to be the starting center for the Baltimore Ravens? The, the And John Harbaugh did come out, uh, we're recording this on a Monday, he did come out today and say, we know who the left guard is, but why would we tell you? Because I got a feeling you don't know who it is. <laughs> if you look at the Ravens depth chart right now, I'm on BaltimoreRavens.com slash team slash depth chart. Left guard, first string. It's legitimately blank. There's not a name there. It's the only position in the entire depth chart that doesn't have a name there. Ben Powers, the rookie out of Oklahoma, is your second string. Great, great. I'm sure that'll work out completely fine. Third and fourth string, absolutely no one. They have no natural left guard. We're talking about it. James Hurst might be that guy. Bradley Bozeman, the other Alabama guy, might be that guy. So you're telling me two of your three interior linemen are just absolute no-names who, again, they're going to have to use smoke and mirrors and, and draw plays and, and... So many tight ends. And so many tight ends. <laughs> so many tight ends. Orlando Brown Jr., fine. The mini Zeus, he was okay last year. Ronnie well. Stanley... We, I'll, Jace, I'll throw it to you here. Ronnie Stanley, I'm not super convinced about. I just, I'm not. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, I think, is good, but just in the sense that I'm like less concerned about him than like three Matt of the other Sakura. guys out there yeah. <laughs> usually i'm like yeah ronnie's fine uh but yeah to your point orlando brown we should not forget the raven season ended with melvin ingram just running right by him off the edge yeah. and stripping the ball away um uh and yeah for a quarterback who um did not start until what like week 10 last year or even around there uh fumbled more times than anyone else in the nfl last year so uh if he's getting a hit extra that probably doesn't bode great <laughs> um yeah it's a concern for sure um but they've had other years where they've patched this together and but their best but their best years have been when that is like Either their clear strong point outside of the defense, which has stereotypically been the thing that makes this team tick, or it's been that quiet, like, oh, man, they have a sneaky good offensive line. I don't see that happening with this group. This is the unit, in my opinion, out of any of the other units on this team that could completely derail this season. And you could and hand up 
Part of it will be if Lamar struggles, I'm going to look through the offensive line first and see how he was actually protected and how uh, if we were able to run the ball at all uh, based on, you know, how how they're blocking. But in my opinion, this is the unit that could completely derail this season for the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see if if that does prove to be a big issue in the first four to six games. Let's see if they try to address it in, in the middle of the year. That's something to be seen. I want to move on to the AFC North, but my last thing I want to say is the last unit that I am absolutely sure of is the special teams. <laughs> on a team like this, it's yeah. going to be running the ball. So many third so many third and fours. I think this team is going to end up kicking so many field goals. You're going to see score a lot of 26 points yep. on the board, a lot of 19 <laughs> points. Shouts out Justin Tucker, by the way. Well, we, didn't, we didn't talk about him before, but like Bravens' best player. Yeah. Is, he, is he still the most accurate kicker of all yes. time? If yeah, you talked there. about best players, and I was like, I can't list him. But then I was like, well, he might be the best at his position literally ever. So yeah. <laughs> he's... It probably says more about the last five years of this team um, that he's been named team MVP multiple times <laughs> by the Baltimore media. Um, but three-time All-Pro, 90% conversion, uh, missed his first extra point ever last year, which devastated me. <laughs> but I didn't know <laughs> what to remember tr- that. Yeah. I, d- I didn't know what to trust anymore. But yeah, he remains one of the best um if not, actually, he's not one of the best. He is the best kicker in the NFL, bar none. And yes, Sam Cook still bitten punts, still bitten, getting those holds down. Lead. Morgan Cox getting the ball to him. <laughs> Shout out three Morgan of, Cox. Yeah. Three of our most tenured players. So, uh, full faith in the special teams. <laughs> Let's get to the AFC North now. We want to talk about the three other teams that the Ravens are going to be competing against week in, week out and trying to get a playoff berth on top of them in the North. Let's start with the Steelers. Missed the playoffs last year by a game. I think it was because of the tie to the Browns in Week 1, or they may have still needed some help at the end there, but they're going to be back this season. No Antonio Brown, no distraction of Le'Veon Bell. They might be the Ravens' fiercest rival in terms of who's going to win the North. What are you guys' thoughts on the Steelers? They definitely had an offseason. Doubled down on Ben Roethlisberger, uh, who led the league in passing yards last year, by the way. Over 5,000. (laughs) 5,200 yards last year. (laughs) Um, So he's still very much quite good. But as you said, Antonio Brown, his relationship with Ben Roethlisberger, dissolved. He is now on the Oakland Raiders, dealing with frozen feet and <laughs> a weird helmet rule issue. He's all having, of things. Him, having himself an offseason. Yeah. <laughs> and he's on hard knocks. He's having a great time. Um, uh, came to the camp in hot air balloon. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Antonio Brown is gone. Um, not insignificant, has had, what, over 1,200 yards pretty much the last six seasons, has believe he led the NFL in touchdowns last year just by missing a game or two. Um, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL and that we have seen, but also him and Ben Roethlisberger didn't get along. Is that addition by subtraction? That's the real question. I am of the mind that it might actually be. Um, I think I agree with you. I actually, not to get too far over my skis and ahead of myself, but I have the Steelers winning this division, I believe. Okay. Um I think some fan you are. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're still quite good. Juju Smith Schuster actually led the team in yards last year. 
or at least receptions. And he's one of the he's one of the great up and coming receivers in the NFL. Still very young. Uh, James Conner filled in pretty capably, a little less dynamic probably than Le'Veon Bell. But again, Le'Veon Bell hasn't uh, played football in a year. So uh, and given his history of distractions, I'm sure the Steelers uh, aren't too sad he's gone. I don't know that they're better, but I don't think they're worse. And I think not having as much off field drama probably maybe focus them. I don't think they're like a 12 win team or anything, but I think they still have enough to probably get it done. Yeah, uh, them not being a 12-win team, I think, is part of the reason why, you know, from a neutral standpoint, I think this is one of the best divisions, most competitive and, like, most fun in football. Yes. You know, people people love watching the Ravens and Steelers bit, beat their heads in. We've got the uh, <coughs> overrated Browns that we'll get to in a minute, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I, I completely agree with you. As a Ravens fan and as not a neutral, I love all of the drama with the Steelers. Uh, one of my good friends I work with at SiriusXM is a diehard Steelers fan, and he wanted to throw himself off a cliff almost every week. And <laughs> and it was relatively entertaining to watch that unfold. Um, but I think it's absolutely addition by subtraction. Who in the world knows what's going on with Antonio Brown? That guy, just <laughs> with, with the helmet and then the frostbite, and then, like you said, Jace, whatever that is, good luck in <laughs> Oakland slash Las Vegas with John Gruden and Derek Carr. Like, if I was a Steelers fan, I'd just be saying, fine, I'm done. I think... Um, the offense is, if he can get along with Todd Haley, who I believe is still there as the offensive coordinator, uh, apologies if I'm wrong on that one, um, I think they're, they're going to be strong again. The defense, as good as ever um, in recent seasons, not typical Steelers well, dominant, but I think they're they, still going to be. They made a big move on that defensive front. They traded up to get their highest pick in years, draft Devin Bush out of yes. Michigan. He's looked pretty awesome from what I've seen so far yeah. in preseason, which is annoying. He kind of will slot in to the hole that Ryan Shazier left when he uh, unfortunately got injured a sure. few years ago. Um, so I expect their defense to be a little bit improved this year, especially with Bush kind of in the middle there. Um, yeah, I just, I, I agree. I think that, you know, I think that they are, you know, as division champions, the Baltimore Ravens division <laughs> champions. People forget. Yeah, people forget. Ten and six. Let's go. Now, they, they are the what? biggest competitor to unseat Baltimore, in my opinion. Like the one concern I have for them and their kind of long term future is this whole doubling down on Ben Roethlisberger. He's, I believe, 38, 37, 38, somewhere around there now. One of the older QBs in the NFL. Um He's like top three all time and getting sacked and might set the record within the next year or two. So he's been hit a ton. Um, and I he seems like a guy who's kind of primed to one day it suddenly all falls apart for him. And you never know when that's going to be. But uh, if it's the next two years and the Steelers stumble into either Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence next year, which I think they do, <laughs> I will go crazy. <laughs> Don't stop that. Stop that. Jace, you mentioned Already... earlier Juju Smith-Schuster leading the Steelers in receiving yards. One of the reasons for that was, uh, if you remember, Anthony uh, Antonio Brown just didn't play <laughs> Week 17. Yeah. He was healthy. Just a healthy non-show. Did not show up. So <laughs> I, I think uh, clearing some of these guys out, I think the Steelers are going to be fine. I, I think they're going to win a few more games than they did last year. They lost some dumb games last year, too, yeah. to be fair. Like... Whatever Roethlisberger did to lose that game in Denver was wild. <laughs> Tim and I <laughs> and, watched and that one together. Let's um, not forget real quickly, too, and this goes for the division as a whole. Our other division opponents are the AFC East, who is the Patriots and a whole load of garbage, 
and the NFC West, which in in my opinion, you know, I think Arizona is not going to be that great. You know, I think Seattle's going to be pretty good. The Rams are obviously very good. Um, and then the 49ers are not. So I think all of these teams in the AFC North are going to be able to rack up some wins and it's going to make the division games against your own divisional opponents that much more important. We're going to save the Browns discussion for a little bit down the road, a few segments from now, because we're going to let Jace <laughs> give a little five minutes on that. But first, let's talk quickly before we move on. The Bengals, the last team remaining in the AFC North that we haven't touched on at all, and maybe for good reason. <laughs> Are they going to be the worst team in the league? Are they going to fight for the number one pick? Remains to be seen. What are your guys' thoughts on the Cincinnati Bengals? I think they're in the running. I, they were atrocious defensively last year. Marvin Lewis, we should say, not the coach of this team anymore. Yeah, he's gone. For, <laughs> for who was hired, like, I believe we were literally in sixth grade when Marvin Lewis got hired, and now we are well into our mid-20s. <laughs> late 20s. Um, uh, yeah, mid late 20s. Uh, Marvin Lewis, not not there anymore. Uh, so it's a new era. The Bengals uh, pulled from... The Sean McVay tree, specifically the quarterback coach who did not call plays for the Rams. So we'll see how that goes. Then Zach Taylor, um, AJ Green already hurt to start the year, which <laughs> we know Tyler Eifert's going to get hurt. Uh, oh and they just Dalton, when he got hurt last year, they looked terrible and he's had kind of some rough injury luck himself the last few years. And they drafted an offensive lineman because their line was terrible, and he is already out for the season. And Jonah Williams, uh, it might be if it all goes bad, this could be like a th- two and fourteen, three and thirteen team if like Dalton gets hurt and Green never comes back really healthy. It, they see I I don't see how they go over like six and ten. So when we say it will be a competitive division, I think it's us, the Steelers, uh, and then the Cleveland Browns. I do not think the Bengals will be in the mix. That being said, could they still beat us? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, it's a lock that both of those games are going to be way too close. It's just how that that how was, that always works out. Carson Palmer went like nine and four against the Ravens or something in his career. Like the Bengals I mean, just randomly beat the Ravens all the time. I have yeah. Just looking at this team and Jace, you kind of hit everything on the head, so I don't really need to go into it more. Uh, Joe Mixon, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, he's arguably their best player <laughs> with best AJ player, Green right. hurt. Geno yeah. Atkins still playing at a relatively yeah. high level. Not maybe not the same guy he used to be, but other he than was. that, this is a garbage roster at the moment. And I think they're going to be fighting. Um, in my opinion, they're going to be fighting our Week One opponent, who just traded away most of their team, the, Phil, uh, the Miami <laughs> yeah, Dolphins. Got their me. good players out of town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right before Week One, great to see. Um, I think they're going to be fighting them for, you know. Arguably the worst record in the league, especially given who we already talked about, Pittsburgh, and who we're going to talk about later, Cleveland, who I I joke is overrated, but still obviously incredibly talented, and that's why everybody's talking about them. Let's pivot to the wider NFL as a whole now. We have a few things we want to talk about, and we can't go over every NFL storyline. This is a Ravens podcast, uh, after all, but one of the major stories that has come up in the last week or so is Andrew Luck retiring. So we're going to talk about this. From one perspective is, what are your thoughts on the superstar player seemingly in his prime, at least in terms of his age, abruptly retiring? And then the other side of the coin, which is one team just probably dropped out of the AFC playoff race, and is that going to help the Ravens uh, sneak into a spot if they're going to end up being the wild card? So 
Let's start with the retiring. I, have, I think he was 29, 29, 29. or 30. 29. Uh, turns 30 in the next few days. Uh, so there's the aspect of him retiring. There's also the aspect of retiring now, uh, which some would say is, you know, sort of pulling the rug out from under the, the franchise, but I'm sure it was a tough decision for him. So, Tim, what are your, what are your thoughts on this sudden retirement? Yeah, I think it's okay to see both sides of the argument, which in today's social media world, you're not allowed to do a lot of the time. <laughs> you know, you have to take a side and, and be firmly on that side. I, I think, you know, if he really felt that way, if he really felt that he needed to retire to save his physical and mental health, good on him. But as a as a fan and kind of being confused and angry at the situation, I'm sure those like the infamous scene where all the fans are booing him while he's on the sideline walking to the tunnel. I'm sure they regret that. But at the moment, I can't sit here and honestly say with my hand up that I wouldn't have done the same thing because it would have been infuriating, especially this team who Chris Ballard has kind of saved from the Ryan Grigson era and made them a before he retired a Super Bowl contender. My other thing that I do love absolutely about this is the narrative now that Jacoby Brissett, who just got a two-year $30 million extension, is, oh, no, he's good enough to still do the same things. He's not. No. He's yeah. not Andrew Luck. He's a, he's a serviceable quarterback. I think he's shown that um, in the, to the opportunities he's gotten in the NFL. But they have effectively dropped out of the AFC championship race because their quarterback decided to leave three weeks before the season kicks yeah. off, which, again— Personally, if that's the decision he wanted to do, good for him. Uh, big conspiracy theory, even with the ex that extension, the reason Ursay let him keep all the money and is going to continue to pay him is because Andrew Luck's going to go on that uh, backpacking trip with his <laughs> wife where he's supposed to go on, and then he's going to realize, oh, wait, I do kind of miss this. And at the latest next season, I think he's back playing with them. But, yeah. uh, but for this year, um, yeah, I think good on him if that's the choice he wanted to make for his mental health, but... The Colts are, are toast, if in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, he, he, I think what makes this different, because this isn't a new thing in the NFL. Obviously, Barry Sanders retired in the middle, in his prime. He would have set the all-time rushing record if he hadn't retired. Um, we've had some guys with injuries like Gale Sayers and other people leave early. I mean, Gronk just retired at the exact same age, Rob Gronkowski, and we... I didn't have the same conversation, really, as we're having with Andrew Luck. And same kid when Calvin Johnson retired, just because... We don't see it from quarterbacks. We see it yeah. from all the other positions, you know, Patrick Willis, all this. Uh, but, um, yeah, quarterback is different, and we haven't really seen a QB kind of step away. Um, and, yeah, I wish him all the best. I don't know that I'd be a 1,000% stunned if we ever saw him again someday, if he's able to get healthy, because he has had some brutal injuries. Uh, I pulled up a tweet here uh, from Zach Kiefer, I believe now of The Athletic. Um, he... Uh, so throughout his in six full seasons, and he missed a full year with that shoulder injury, uh, but uh, Luck tore his cartilage in two ribs, had a partially torn abdomen, lacerated a kidney at some point that left him peeing blood, had at wow. least one concussion, and then, uh, yeah, the torn labrum in his shoulder that basically ended up costing him a year, uh, and then the most recent, like, leg injury that kind of um, precipitated... Uh, his retirement. Um, and by the way, the thing to mention here too, and I mentioned it briefly, Colts fans should be more mad at Ryan Grigson for the yes. way he did not <laughs> build around Andrew Luck and one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen, maybe the biggest quote unquote lock coming out of college since Peyton Manning, maybe. Yeah, but it, like he might probably. be that guy. Um, and 
he got completely demolished in the Grigson era over and over again, taking brutal hit after brutal hit, leading to all those injuries that Jace talks about. Yeah. And and again, I think that's the main reason why he said, I'm out. Yeah, I, I'm done. I can't do this anymore first three seasons he was just obliterated um I, I don't have the exact stats in front of me but he i saw some stat where he was hit like like 10 15 times or like more hits than like the next closest qb or something like he just got lit up and he would hold the ball a long time to make these big plays and it took a toll on him it seems like and uh yeah you just wish the best for him um again i wouldn't be stunned to see him but yeah in the immediate I agree. Jacoby Brissett will be fine. I th- I would be stunned if the Colts go like eight and eight. There's a lot more talent around him than there was a few years ago when he was kind of thrown into the starting, uh, which I was at the first game he played actually for the Colts at the LA Coliseum when uh, some nameless uh, Scott Tolzian, I believe, got picked sixth. But uh, yeah, it's brutal for the Colts. But um yeah, just wish luck the best. You heard you heard what he did there, right? It was just another reminder that he lives in L.A. and stuck here in Washington, <laughs> D.C. I heard that. I have no fear of Jacoby Brissett. You know when Brissett is frisky is when the Colts are down 27-3 <laughs> in the middle of the third quarter, yep. and he throws two touchdown passes, and you're thinking, oh, oh, look at this. Now they're only down 10, and they lose the game by 13, 14 points. <laughs> Uh, the the I mean, you guys touched on the injuries. That's the, the difference with him and other quarterbacks. It's... Com- the comparison, Jace, that you made to Calvin Johnson is a good one because that was another guy who was just so beat up and, and had enough. The timing of it is what is so strange. Yep. Another big NFL storyline that we sort of chose that we wanted to make sure to go over is the pass interference review. This is going to be a disaster. How big of a disaster? How many weeks into the season is it going to be until they scrap this rule entirely? Well, I know I know our uh, counterpart in L.A. has thoughts, but I'm just going to say this came a couple years too late because we were the best team with the offensive pass interference. <laughs> <laughs> like, this was our offense. Torrey Smith! So yeah, our Torrey offense Smith for years. Like Joe Flacco just bomb it up, and then we could just review every single one. It would have been great. But now, yeah. obviously, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson and not really. Maybe Marquise Brown is that guy now. Maybe Hollywood Brown hey, is our answer. J- Jacoby Jones problems. would still be on our team if we had that role still yeah, around. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think it will be a disaster. Um, I want it to be in some respects. I hope it costs the Saints a game directly. What I know will happen is that um, Nikhil Harry, when he comes back from injury for new wide receiver for the New England Patriots, will get tripped up. Uh, late in a playoff game in January in Foxborough, Massachusetts, Belichick will challenge and they'll get 70 yards and Stephen Guskowski will kick a game-winning field goal and then suddenly everyone will hate the rule like we all hate the overtime rules because the Patriots won last year. Um, the only saving grace I've convinced myself of is that coaches are going to be afraid to challenge because refs get so yep. much stuff wrong <laughs> that they might need to use their challenge on. That's the only thing I was thinking, but it's still is shaping up to be not great. <laughs> There's just so much gray area. I, I don't know how. Well, I'll put it this way. I mean, we, we didn't talk about this at the beginning. I work for SiriusXM. I work on the soccer channel for SiriusXM. And if you pay attention to soccer at all, they've implemented instant replay, which seems archaic as a football fan. But yeah, as an American football fan, I should say. But people are losing their minds because they forget about the gray area that you talk about. And especially with pass interference, it's one of those things where 
if it happens live in live time at live speed, it's going to look completely different yeah. than when it happens completely slowed down and you see the arm slightly brush as it goes through slow motion and then they're going to flag stuff. It's going to be a disaster. We're going to be infuriated. And unfortunately, it's going to be something that we're going to have to talk about over and over and over again. It's like a thousand percent lock to swing a game, probably an NBC game. <laughs> <I would guess. laughs> Collinsworth can lose his mind. Yeah. yeah, it'll be like, what's going on, Al? <laughs> That's a pretty good Collinsworth. <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. I mean, it's it's a contact sport. There's so much hand I'm thinking of corners and wide receivers. There's so much hand fighting that isn't contact, isn't pass interference, and then they're going to look at it when it's super slowed down. Yeah. They're going to review it, and everything's going to look like pass interference. It's just a bigger soapbox thing that we don't have to get into now, obviously, but it's part of the reason that I miss, like, the old NFL. I get the safety rules, all that stuff, too. But the fact of they just handcuffing defenses <laughs> bothers me so much as a kid who grew up watching Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Last topic we want to talk about for the NFL, the serious title contenders. I wrote some names down, some teams down. I'll let you guys agree, disagree. Some are obvious, and then some are, are these teams going to make the jump? So the Pats are probably going to be there at some point late in the season. Chiefs, everybody loves the Chiefs. Rams, uh, Super Bowl hangover, that's really the only issue for them. Saints, Drew Brees, as long as he even stays 80-90% of what he was last year, they're going to be there. The Eagles, people are loving the Eagles as a preseason Super Bowl favorite. I'm going to say two other teams and then feel free to add in your own, but Houston, uh, as of two or three days ago, made a few moves that they <laughs> were one very short-term, <laughs> very uh, for this year, and will probably end up burning them next year. Uh, has Houston joined this top tier of teams? They went 11-5 and five last year, made it to the playoffs. Deshaun Watson looked amazing last year, uh, stayed on the field for the majority of the season. I'll have yeah, to look at how many games he, he played. But I don't think he missed any games, but he was the most sacked QB in the NFL last year, 62 right, so times. He got added, sacked 62 added times. Added Laramie Tunsil just a few days ago to try to address that. So that's my first team. Have they Have they joined this top tier and then the Bears, people have them in that top tier. Are they sort of that perfect team that you see regressing and losing maybe three or four more games than they did last year? Yeah, I think the Bears definitely because uh, Trubisky's going to fall off a little more, I believe. I don't think. And I yeah, think still every, every QB. Yeah, still their QB. Um, yeah, I shouldn't really even say fall off because I don't think he was that great last season. But everything kind of went perfectly for them. And you can look at like the Khalil Mack thing. He's an incredible player, and I don't expect him to really fall off that much, but he was out of this world because he had this big chip on his shoulder, and then the first season with a new team, have to prove myself. All that stuff is real. All that stuff is stuff that matters, and it's just not there anymore. I think the Bears, I, I don't like hopping on the team that everyone else is hopping on to fall off, but I think they're kind of a prime candidate there. Um, and then in terms of other teams I'd throw in, I think you kind of have it nailed. I don't like Houston. When you get rid of a talent like... Uh, Jadavion Clowney and one of the pieces you get back is Barkevius Mingo. I think that's just a bad idea. Uh, I, I like I like uh, Deshaun Watson. Bill O'Brien is and, and that division is now horrible. They've just lost their main competitor, um, the Titans. Sorry, Danny Golden, if you listen to this, they're not that great. Um, and, and I think they're going to easily. I think they're going to win that division, uh, the Texans. But I just don't see a world where they kind of leap into that. Pats, Chiefs. They still have to go through the Pats and the Chiefs. Like those, those are your one and one A in the AFC, in my opinion. And yeah. I just don't see them reaching that level. 
I'm 100% with you on both, Tim. I The Texans, Tunsil will help their offensive line. He's good. Kenny Stills will help their receiving core. But then they get worse by, you don't get better at tra- trading Jadavion Clowney. And I know, like, his sack numbers maybe aren't where people thought they would be when he entered the league. He's still really good. And yeah. you kind of gave him away for not much. Um, and, yeah, so I think I agree with you. They should win that division, but I don't know how anything they did this week helps them take a leap. So I probably have them right around 11 or 5 again. I think they patched up protecting Deshaun Watson. If he is healthy and plays 16 games and is able to sling the ball Mm -hmm. in that division, I think they're going to win a lot of games almost by default. If they get a bye because of all these regular season wins that they're going to have, I see them as one of those sort of fraud, you know, two-seed type teams. They Bubbles. were nearly that last year. They right. blew some game, but at one point they won nine games in a row. Yep. Almost went twelve and four. So yeah, I could see that. I could see that being the case. But I don't. I'd be stunned to like see them in the Super Bowl. Two quick points on Houston. That's a lot of ifs with the Sean Watson staying healthy, playing all sixteen games, and if it doesn't work this season, they have completely mortgaged their future, which so one year is window. never a great idea, especially when you're dealing with oh, I don't know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the AFC. <laughs> yeah, and to Tim's the Bears. Same thing. Mitch Trubisky. He's based, someone, I forget who compared him to basically the new Joe Flacco. Is he elite? That's offensive. <laughs> uh, and I feel like Bears fans will have that debate forever. And I don't know that we'll know, but. <laughs> so we saved the Cleveland Browns for a specific segment that we created here at Pod Like a Raven. It's called What's Bothering Jace, Uh, and this is going to be a weekly (laughs) segment just for a few minutes where we're going to ask Jace what from last week, in this case, what from the offseason, really grinded Jace's gears. Now, this may end up rotating. We may have have Tim handle What's Bothering Jace. I may answer What's Bothering Jace, but it's really born from some rants that we've heard in the past (laughs) from our very own Jace Evans. Now, Jace, a few minutes. We sort of alluded to it. It's the Cleveland Browns. It is the Cleveland Browns. What's what's bothering Jace? This team is not going to compete for a division title, a (laughs) AFC championship. They're not going to the Super Bowl. They're they're doing none of these things this season. People want the Browns to be good, and they'll be better, I think. (laughs) Will they? That's the thing. Some stats for you, Antonio. The Browns last year were 30th in yards allowed on defense. Wait, is that they, good or bad? Uh, it's not great. There's 32. That's bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, did they improve that? Not really. <laughs> uh, their pass rush should be good. Miles Garrett is the kind of talent who could win a defensive player of the year one day, I think. But they added Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson. What's behind them? That's like the inverse of the Ravens problem. <laughs> <laughs> who's covering anyone who are the linebackers um and then obviously a big reason for the hype the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. he has not had over 10 touchdowns since 2016 he's not played a full season since 2016 which is in fact the only time he's played all 16 games in his career the idea that just adding him is going to make this team 12 and 4 blows my mind we know nothing about their coach who was like run game coordinator to start last year. He wasn't even the offensive coordinator and then is now somehow the head coach. Who famously, by the way, Baker Mayfield called an idiot on hard knocks <laughs> last year. Let's not forget that. I just he want to that. throw that in. Continue. He's the head coach now. Uh, 
Alabama legend, Freddie Kitchens. Um, uh, and then just they're the Browns. I think this comes back to the biggest reason why the Browns aren't going to compete. I think people want good things for the Browns, and I understand why. They haven't had a winning season since 2007. Do you want to take a guess at the last team to win a Super Bowl without having made the playoffs the season before? Well, actually, it was the Eagles. But I was looking at, like, recently, in recent NFL history, the last 20 years, almost every team that wins a Super Bowl, with the exception of the Ravens in 2000 and um, the Patriots in 2001, had, like, basically made the playoffs in the year or two before winning the Super Bowl. Like, good teams don't just kind of become good. Like, the Eagles are, like, the only recent example. And I just think that there's this giant rush to anoint the Browns, because they are young and they are exciting, and I think Baker Mayfield is quite good. But being good doesn't mean you're going to go 12-4 and and beat the Patriots and win the Super Bowl. Like, this whole situation (laughs) reminds me of the... I'll say the old Philadelphia Eagles, the the Michael Vick Philadelphia Eagles, where one year they added a bunch of players and they became I, th- I can't remember who called. But yeah, it they're, been well, Vic. they're no, their backup quarterback. Yeah, it was Vince, Vince Young, Young, who was not the starter. The dream team, and it just it. This is what I have a feeling. This is going to be a very similar situation. The NFL it, does not work with adding a lot of players in one year and just thinking everything's going to fit and work seamlessly. The NFL is a league where you have a team, you have a core, you have a great quarterback, and you slowly build off of that core and let yeah. things come to a head. Maybe you make one addition that's going to really help. Uh, I, I, I would wonder what the over-under is in terms of which week Odell Beckham starts throwing stuff on the sidelines. Uh, or Baker. <laughs> or Baker, because they're both the same type of guy. And I will just say, to Jace's point, um, you know, we are on the complete other side of the rest of the NFL fan base because, uh, you know, this this segment, to take you behind the curtain a little bit, what's bothering Jace, came from an infamous rant where he not only <laughs> tore down the Browns, but the city and the state of Ohio and just let them just let them all lay to waste. So yeah. we're on the di- we're on the opposite side of most of uh, what other people consider, you know, the, the feel good story. So many people want the Browns to win this, that they're willing them into existence. This team couldn't open a fridge of Bud Light last year. Does anybody <laughs> remember that that's all they, they had to win one game and every bar in cleveland was gonna have free bud light because that's all they drink over there in cleveland and they couldn't do it for weeks and then all of a sudden baker comes in and they go seven and eight they went seven and eight yeah, and they losing team last I, just, year. I don't see um, it i don't see it and honestly I, I know so many people are going to want us to eat our words on this one because they're now america's team which is kind of showing the state of the united states of america right now that cleveland is america's <laughs> team but that's a whole different story i just i don't see it i don't see it at all yeah, it. I think they'll be good. I think they'll be in a bunch of games, but the history of the NFL just suggests like a team needs at least one year to fully make the leap. And maybe the Browns take that mini leap this year, but I think any rush to try to make them even a playoff team necessarily, I think that's kind of maybe a bit premature. Their line's bad. Their defense is still mostly bad behind that defensive line. First year Am I concerned coach. about this team in two, three years? Yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm concerned, concerned about, about when the Ravens play them. <laughs> but I just think as and yeah, it's especially with adding OBJ, he has a he's a sensational player. Will he work with Jarvis Landry? Will he work with Baker? Remains to be seen. That was what's bothering Jace. 
uh, episode one. Jace, we'll we'll uh, we'll check back in with you next next week and see what's what's bothering you next yeah, week. Yeah, when the Browns yeah, we went lose fifty to, to the Miami nothing. Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we want to move forward now to another segment that we thought was a cool sort of a different idea. It's called Random Ravens, uh, and we every week one of us is going to offer some clues and some hints of one of those random ravens, and we're going to see if the other two co-hosts can guess who that player is. We're not going to answer it until the end of the show, so if you're listening and you think you remember all those random guys from the 2007 roster of the team that oh went 5-11. and 11. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, you listen up, and then, and then we'll answer it at the end of the show. So I'm going week one, or I should say episode one, and then we'll have Tim and Jace go in the following week. So here's who I got. Clue number one. This 10-year veteran was on the Ravens for only one season in 2014. And by the way, I'm, I will be watching my co-host to make sure they're not looking up the player as, the end of, as this episode progresses, but 10-year vet, one year on the Ravens, 2014. Was he a 10-year vet then or currently is right now? Uh, a career 10-year okay, veteran. Okay, career 10-year vet. He played eight years previously with the same team before joining the Ravens. <laughs> he was a part-time player on the Ravens, but ended up being a key veteran player for the playoff run against the Steelers and Patriots, where he had 16 targets and eight catches in those two playoff games. Oh, my. I... <laughs> oh, jeez. He, this is, I know we're, we're going to get more and more narrow here. He was a tight end, okay. and he was number 81. And then the last clue Back I'm going to get, <laughs> after... The only, after the one year with the Ravens, he would then leave the following season and win a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos in 2015. That was his only oh, ring yeah, yeah. in his career. Yeah. So we're going to leave this now. We'll let the listener come up with their own guess. I'm going to say. Tim have it here, but Jace looks a little confused. Yeah, Behind I the curtain, I'm did, so worried about this because you guys, but. This, this is Jace's like bread and butter, this type of game. And well, I, I got it. I know who it is. Yeah, I'm not confident. I think I do. It's hard because I blocked that Patriots game out of my memory. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. his catches in that game won't help me much. <laughs> I, uh, I was in attendance for that Patriots playoff game oh, on the road, and that was uh, a tough experience. That's why yeah. the name came to mind, because I remembered <laughs> the frigid cold and blowing two 14-point leads. That's so let's move on. The crippling depression. <laughs> We will answer Random Ravens when we close up the show, but let's get now to week one. Let's do it. Ravens at the Miami Dolphins. We talked a little bit earlier about the Dolphins sort of trading away basically their best players. Uh, Laramie Tunsil gone, Stills gone. Rosen added to the team several months ago, but apparently still not ready to be the starter for them. So... Fitzmagic yeah. will be starting week one. The Dolphins probably the worst team in the NFL. What do you guys see for this matchup? Yeah, the Dolphins are clearly trying to tank this season. Uh, <laughs> uh, our my employer, USA Today Sports, our Jarrett Bell wrote piece how they're they're what were clear tanking intentions are now kind of outright in the open. Uh, they also low key traded Kiko Alonso the other day uh, as well. So more offloading of talent. Um, they're going to be bad. Um, and they are, certainly when you trade your left tackle and you're probably best receiver or one of them before the season starts, days before the season starts, you're kind of signaling you're not trying to be that good. 
Uh, brand new coach who has some job security. Yeah. Fitz magic happening, which is somehow the part of this game that concerns me. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I was looking at this roster last night. If you're not a hard, hardcore NFL fan, I think you'd be hard pressed to name like four guys off this team right now. It's, yeah, Jace, I think you nail bad. it, man. I don't I don't. It's hard for me to go into a Ravens game and not be nervous because I'm usually finding every little thing that we could we could uh, be exploited by and, and finding a way to lose. The only thing I see here and, and you nailed it is Fitzmagic having one of those stupid Fitzmagic games that is a reason why he's still in the league. Um, where he just he just goes off. Thing is, I don't see it happening against this this secondary that we talked about earlier in the show. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, you look at some of the names on here. I'm just looking at the depth chart here. here here's some names on this offense: Kenyon Drake. Most people who maybe follow the NFL incredibly intently might know who that is. Same with Devontae Parker. And then from here, I can openly admit. I don't know anybody else on this offense that's starting. <laughs> Albert Wilson. Not a big Albert Wilson guy. Yeah, not a big Albert Wilson guy. J- Jakeem Grant. Uh, Mike Jacecki. I, I, and maybe this is just me not knowing any of these players that have gone down to uh, Baltimore South. I mean, Miami um, <laughs> recently. I, I just I don't see, especially, what is this? It, this these couple of these trades have happened eight, nine days before the season kicked off. Yeah. What are you telling the guys who are still in that locker room? Hey, guess what? You know, oh, we got all these picks for the future, but this year, you know, you know, you might kind of be on your own here. I, I don't see how you know the Miami Stadium is going to be half empty, Hard Rock Stadium. It's going to be filled with Ravens fans. They always fill that stadium. Always gets filled with the opposing fans, whoever it is, including myself. I will be in attendance for the Week One game. I'll be, I'll be reporting back next week, and I'll let you know the atmosphere. <laughs> including Antonio Barbera, who's going to go have some fun. I just don't. I don't see this team coming out with any fire, and I think the Ravens, although known to play the competition in the past, which I'm <laughs> hopefully we don't have to talk about uh, in week two when we do this podcast, but I, I don't see them coming out and, and kind of laying an egg here against a team that they clearly match up very well against. The, that fear of Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would have that more uh, if the Ravens secondary was even a secondary of old, even of a few years ago. That This would be a much scarier game. I don't know who he's going to throw to. Uh, you know, I would. I've seen Ravens games in the past where a guy like Fitzpatrick would throw the ball. You know, the ball goes 50 yards in the air and 40 yards downfield, and Jimmy Smith like slips and falls in single coverage, and that's caught for a touchdown. I don't see that happening in this game. I think he is going to be under duress because we're going to send a lot of bodies. I think we're going to have tight coverage. I, I'm going to see so so many interceptions in this game. Oh man! Uh, Which, and once the uh, Ravens take the lead. If they take the lead early in the game, the run game, I think, is just going to dictate time of possession. The Dolphins are going to be playing from behind, and that's when Fitzpatrick turns into Fitzpatrick, basically. Yeah, they should have the ball. They should be able to run. I don't think our offensive line issues will be a problem this game or our concerns about the line. Uh, Cameron Wake's not even here anymore (laughs) Uh, with the Dolphins. Um so, yeah, it's going to be Fitzmagic. He actually led the league in yards per attempt last year in his brief uh, mad bomber forays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, uh, yeah, he's 37. He uh, said he gained a bunch of weight from eating birthday cake in the offseason was a thing he actually said. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he has, like, seven kids or something. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, Fitzmagic, it's why it's called that. It's always prone to be dumb and random, but I 
I believe in the Ravens enough. They have a pretty strong history of coming out strong in week one. Um, so I believe in them to uh, get the job done this week. And with, with Tampa Bay, at least he was throwing the ball to an all-pro wide receiver. Yeah. Mike Evans, pretty Mike good Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson was still there. Yep. Um, OJ Who Howard is Albert was... Wilson? I, I'm not concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I say that now, and then we'll watch Albert Wilson uh, Antonio's gonna be have 150, in stands, 150 yeah. receiving yards. Yeah, when we We're realize... all pretty comfortable with this game, I think. Uh, the line for this game before uh, all these trades happened was Ravens by four. Then sort of this purge happened, and it's now Ravens by six and a half. I mean, I think that alone sort of signifies that this should be a comfortable win for the Ravens. So let's get to some gambling lines now that we want to talk about. Before we do the week one lines, we want to do a few over-under for regular season wins. So we're all going to tackle these one at a time. We've all uh, made a choice for the Ravens. We're each going to go and give our vote. Ravens over-under line is set at eight and a half wins. I'm going over. Uh, and I'm going over for the specific reason that I have looked through the schedule and it just seems like it's going to work out where the 9-10 wins are going to happen. This was a playoff team last year. They lost a lot of games before Lamar Jackson became the quarterback. I see a continuation of that. And then I'm looking at the schedule. We're probably going to go 3-3, three and 4-2 three, and two in the North. I, I've sort of assumed a 4-2 and two because I believe we will sweep uh, the Bengals and then do the classic split against the Browns and against the Steelers. As a wise man once said, undefeated in the crib. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> split on the road. <laughs> so you take those four wins, and then these are other win- t- games that should happen that I expect wins. Are they going to drop one of these? Yes. But should they win these games? You're already at four wins. Dolphins. Cardinals. Uh, let's keep going here. I have to skip a few weeks now. 49ers. Bills and Jets. Those are five games that should all be wins. You add that to the four, you're already at nine. You're at nine wins. Even if you don't win all of those, even if you win four out of five, you just have to win one of those games against these tough teams. One win against either the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Pats, the Texans, or the Rams. You take one of those wins and then sort of handle the teams that are worse than you, Four and two, three and three in the division, and you have the over. Yeah, we're why going, am I wrong? Yeah, well, you're not. Is the <laughs> is the answer? Um, we were going around again, like you said, NFC West, AFC East. There's a lot of should be wins in there. The Ravens will not win all the should be win games because they're the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. But that being said, I think the schedule you lay out, and I believe in Lamar Jackson. I, I, I excoriated the offensive line. Um, But in truth, I think they will find some sort of way to get it done. I think Greg Roman is a smart guy, and I think they're going to stay committed to the run. They have the options now in Mark Andrews and hopefully a guy like Hollywood Brown who comes out, a a safe guy in Willie Sneed to help move the chains as well. But the run game is going to be their bread and butter. And I don't think a lot of teams are going to be able to stop it. And I do think... I do think they're going to sneak one of these uh, tough. They have some tough away games in here at the Chiefs, at the Seahawks, um, or the, at the Rams as well. Jace, you should go to that game because remember, uh, you live in yeah. L.A. I am <laughs> trying to. I think that's the surest loss on our schedule. Yeah, well, well, maybe. But, but I'm saying there are some tough games here. They're home, they get the Texans at home. I think that's a win because I think that's one of those teams that if they played them away, I'd be a lot more concerned. But. In the crib, undefeated in the crib. That's a beautiful Ravens wrap-up line that I love that you brought back, my friend. Um, I just I don't see this team. 
I think it's going to be nine. Like, I think it's going to be very close to that line, and I don't necessarily know if that gets them to the playoffs based on some of the other teams in the AFC. But I think it's going to be very close, and I think they go over just slightly, but definitely over. I'm exactly with you, Tim. I think they'll end up around nine wins, um, and I think they'll hit the over, too. Um, Like you said, a lot of, I think, some clear wins, a few clear losses. I am not optimistic about that Seahawks game either. (laughs) Um, But uh, a weird scheduling oddity. We're like the first team in years to just alternate home and away for the whole season. Um, they never have back-to-back road games, never have back-to-back home games. Um, so I don't know if that's good or bad, but it gets in a rhythm of sorts. A lot of 10 a.m. or 10 a.m. here, 1, 1 p.m. starts. He lives uh, in L.A. Yeah, just yeah, we, get it. Yeah. we get it. Oh, you wake up to football. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. No. <laughs> Jason's got to wake up first. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the big challenge is the waking up. <laughs> so, Jace, you're taking the over. I am taking the over. By slim margins. Yes, uh, all right, so I'm going to list two other uh, over-unders that I like in the NFL, and then we'll toss to Tim and then Jace. I I didn't pick any unders uh, for some reason, but uh, I like two same. other overs. <laughs> which, yeah, that, that always goes well. It was when you have no balance, but I like two other overs. The Rams, uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they are at 10.5 wins. Won 13 games last year. Get Cooper Cup back. He looks... Apparently amazing. He's recovered from uh, an ACL. He's faster, they say. Injury. (laughs) The only reason I can think of that this line got bumped so low is the Super Bowl hangover. The fear of the Super Bowl loser having a drop-off. Which is a thing. It's too many games for me to drop off. I think 11 wins for this team is going to be easy. I don't see how they don't, I because Antonio, this is one of mine too. I don't see how they don't get to 11 wins. And I think they'll get to like 13 wins again. I think this team will go pretty much the same. Like, there's no reason, like you said, aside from the hangover, and I think even then, I think Sean McVay is too good of a coach, or at least on too much on the up and up still to, because he's what, all of 34 now? Uh, so uh, I, it's just hard to imagine them not hitting 11 wins. I just don't, like, someone has to get catastrophically injured for that to not hit. Like, just if everyone's relative health, 11 easy. And then the other one that I had, which is another over, we've been talking about them, uh, some, seemingly some disagreement here, but the Texans, what have you guys seen there over under? Would you like to guess what you think the line is for regular season's oh. wins for them? And this is after the luck news. Yeah, I just pulled it up and yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's eight and a half yep. wins. They're they're not the only team I think they may be competing with in that AFC South is the Jaguars. How do how this team doesn't win nine games is beyond me. Luck's gone. Colts dropped off. Tunsil are gonna protect the line a little bit better. I don't see who's competing with them. I don't see who's going to steal those wins in their division from them. Nine and seven seems easy. They won 11 games last year. What what is, what am I missing here? Nothing. I, I think you're dead on. I, I I don't like the Texans as much as you do, but I like them to be a winning team. Um, and I even with, with the talent they have, even with a guy like Clowney leaving, I think that nine is easy for them. Um, if we're going to go into mine here, my over-unders, I am not a gambling man like uh, Mr. Barbero over here, but I picked some that I thought were pretty obvious. The Eagles, I'm all in on the Eagles. Uh, I, I don't see them as a Rams-level team, but they're another team that's a 10.5. I think that team, when they get four games against the Giants and Redskins, those are wins. I'm sorry. Those two teams are absolutely horrible. Um, and then you add in some of the other games. They, they also play the AFC East and the NFC North. 
And the NFC North has got some talent, but I also think there's some teams in there that can be exploited. Over 10.5 with a fully healthy Carson Wentz, I think, is a lock for the Eagles. And then I just saw one, and it's interesting you brought this up, and I'm just going to throw a wrench in here. I had Dolphins under 4.5 just because I'm like, I think they're completely tanking at this point, so we might as well just watch the dumpster fire. <laughs> Plus, it's going to be the one that the Ravens start, so why not Why not pick that one? Instead, I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Um, Ooh. And simply, I just don't believe in Nick Foles. And we won't say his nickname here because it is a family <laughs> show. I, it's eight and a half. I just don't see eight and a half from that team. And I actually think the Colts, they're not going to be great, but I think Brissett and the talent around that team before Luck left, they're going to be at least competitive within that division. So I think that they're, they're going to be a tough out. And I think Jacksonville under eight and a half, I could see them going eight and eight, seven and nine. I don't see them having a winning record. I think that's a good one, Tim, because the Jags went what five and eleven last year, and they're suddenly yeah. gonna like win nine games or eight. It games wasn't all Blake Bortles. Fault. Yeah, exactly. He beat the Patriots. That happened last yeah, year. Yeah, I know. It's a thing. <laughs> um, and uh, so I like the Rams, as you said, Antonio. And um, but speaking of the Patriots, over eleven, lock it in. Have you looked at their <laughs> schedule? <laughs> it is a atrocity that they get to play this. Uh, this, uh, I thought I had pulled up. It is just the easiest schedule I can remember a like defending champ having in a very, very long time. Well, here you go, Jace. I got it for you. You ready? Okay, buddy? Yeah, I have it up here too. Home it's, to the Steelers. I'll just, you can go win loss on me. Home to the Steelers. Win. Away to the Dolphins. Win. Home to the Jets. Win. Away to the Bills. Win. Away to the Redskins. Win. <laughs> Home to the Giants. Win. Away to the Jets. Win. Home to the Browns. Win. <laughs> Away to the Ravens. Loss. Let's go, Loss. baby. Loss. Um, Away yeah, to the no, Eagles. I, I was talking to about this with my roommate earlier. It is impossible to see me, for me to see the, even if they lose to the Steelers, there's no way the Patriots hit the bye week at anything worse than one loss. Yep. Just. That is such I, a kick. And even out of that, at Eagles is tough, but then they get the Cowboys at home. They should beat the Texans. They beat the Chiefs twice last year. And then they're at Bengals, home against the Bills, home against the Dolphins to end the regular season. How does this team not go 14 and 2? <laughs> it's like, it's going to be Tom Brady gets hurt. Like, they're going. I thought, I, I kept, I've been telling people I think the Pats are going 13 and 3. They made a lot of nice improvements. And then I looked at their schedule today and was just like, oh, yeah, they're just going to the Super Bowl again. That's. <laughs> how this is gonna be <laughs> so yeah patriots over 11 i think is one of the surest bets you could make in the nfl this year <laughs> all right let's move on now to the week one lines uh again we're all gonna do a ravens pick uh and then any other game that that jumps out on you we're not gonna put a number on it but uh i'll go first and i actually am <laughs> i'm gonna do two well <laughs> in theory i'm gonna do two wagers on the ravens in this game Week one, Ravens, six and a half over the Dolphins. I don't think this game is going to be very close. I think it's a double-digit win. The other line that I like for this game is under 37 and a half points. I see the Ravens taking a lead in this game, holding on to it, running the ball forever. Fitz, I'll call him Fitz Magic. Three picks, and they never really get moving. Uh, I just, I easily see one of those like twenty-three to nine. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. twenty-four to ten. By, <laughs> once they're up by ten points, that's just sort of it. And you just see a lot of punts, a lot of a lot of Gus bus. Roll the Gus bus. 
Uh, yeah. This even if it's a closer game, I think it'll only be low scoring. The Ravens are not a really high-powered scoring points kind of offense. They're going to take their lead. They're going to sit on it. They're going to make the game feel like it's only 40 minutes as opposed to 60. I love under 37 and a half. Uh, then my last pick, and then I'll, I'll throw to you guys. Kansas City Chiefs, they're good. The Jaguars, they're either bad or mediocre. The line is four points. Give me all of that Kansas City Chiefs at minus four over the Jaguars. I'm shocked by this line. When a line is so scary, that probably means I'm going to get bit. But I love Kansas City Chiefs. Four points. I, I Another game, I think they're going to win by multiple touchdowns. Yeah, I had that one, but because you did it, I mean, I just completely agree. Four points. Patrick Mahomes. Also what, on what, my list. <laughs> what are we doing, as Taylor Twelman? And it's Andy Reid with an offseason to prepare for this specific game. The week one yep. games is a guy where Andy Reid is going to thrive. Yep. Postseason, eh, not so much. Yep. Exactly. Uh, my three picks real quickly here. Uh, I, I hate betting Baltimore. I hate that we have to do that. But yeah, minus <laughs> six and a half against Miami. Uh, why not start off on the right foot? Sign me up for that. Uh, I'm going to go. I just talked about this team. I like them a lot. The Eagles and the Redskins, I don't like a lot. Eagles minus nine and a half. I think they cover that because I just don't think the Red, the Redskins are that good. Ten point win seems easy enough for me, especially at home. And one more here again. Why don't we just throw in New England beating Pittsburgh by more than six? Because... Oof. It's New England, and I really just don't like Pittsburgh. So that, that's that. My only rationale is just watching Pittsburgh lose big time on on Sunday Night Football. I necessarily don't believe that. That's more of a heart than a head pick. But you know, why not? New England has owned Pittsburgh over the years. As a famous podcaster once said, that Robert Kraft owns Gillette Stadium and the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Uh, I'll do the Ravens one quick because we're all in agreement. My six point five, same thing. Twenty four ten final probably uh <laughs> see it feels like um i also had the chiefs so uh um but one i love rams minus three against the carolina panthers i get it west going east also cam newton not really sure he's healthy and the rams much better than the panthers what am i missing <laughs> um so i have that and then another one that intrigued me Packers plus three against the Chicago Bears. This will be a very early test yep. about our theory of the Bears. Yep. And yeah. what is the deal with Aaron Rodgers? What kind of season is he going to have? Yeah. And are the yeah. Packers finally going to rebound? Lest we forget, we Aaron Rodgers came back from like 20 down to open last season. So <laughs> if he's actually healthy and not injured his meniscus or whatever he did last year, sign me up. Packers yep. plus three. <laughs> with you on that. All right. So we're going to close up. Now, uh, we have the answer to Random Ravens. I'm going to let... I think I'm going to let Jace go first. I got well, the signal over here. Well, I, I know the answer, so I don't <laughs> want to spoil it, it for you. I, I know think it. it's either Dallas Clark or it's Owen Daniels. I don't remember what years. We're going to need We're gonna need one name. I'm sorry. Uh, Owen Daniels, I think. I think it's Owen Daniels. Owen Daniels is yeah. the episode one. <laughs> ding, 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 Random ding, ding. Raven. If uh, and congratulations to him getting the Super Bowl. the jersey number, I truly would not have gotten Yeah, the 81 it. is what really got me. And also, I completely forgot that Dallas Clark played for the Ravens. <laughs> completely forgot that. Wow. All right, you learn something new every day. Uh, File that one away for a random Ravens <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have, uh, we'll have Tim go next week with a random Raven, and we're all very excited to see who he comes up with. Guys, this was fantastic. It's so great to get you guys back together. 
the old Ravens wrap-up crew now doing Pod Like a Raven. Any final thoughts before we close up episode one? I would just say, if you have any thoughts, um, you know, kind of to take people behind the curtain, we're still kind of forming the social platforms and stuff. Those will be out on all our personal pages as well, if, if you know us personally. Um, subscribe, like, five stars, all that fun stuff that really helps a new podcast. Uh, we're going to be available pretty much any, everywhere right now. Definitely Spotify, definitely Google Play, definitely iHeartRadio, definitely a few other ones with iTunes and some of the bigger ones to come as well. So uh, just any of the support, any feedback you have, um, podlikearaven at gmail.com I think is the easiest way to reach us now. Any topics you really like, suggestions you have for different uh, segments we could do, segments you like, segments you don't like. We are pretty much open to any sort of criticism, both good or bad, because, again, we are kind of restarting this thing. Both Antonio and I have have a background in this, me working at SiriusXM, him with U.S. News and World Report doing a weekly podcast. We have some background in this, but we can always take constructive constructive criticism, I speak for a living. Um, so <laughs> just really appreciate that as always, and um, just thanks so much for listening. I, all three of us are ecstatic to be here. <laughs> Even if it is a late night on the East Coast and Jace lives in L.A., um, I just I think it's it's this is going to be a lot of fun. And I hope you're here with us for the ride. Yeah, I'm uh, over the moon. It's going to be great doing this. I mean, you know, cliche, maybe, but just, uh, you know, talking Ravens with my buds. Looking forward to it. Have some fun on here. And yeah, just hoping uh as Tim said, he talks for a living. I do not talk for a living. So <laughs> hoping to get, you know, better every week and uh, yeah, get a good show out to you all and uh, have some fun while doing it. So it's going to be a fun season and looking forward to uh, hopefully the Ravens winning some games here. Uh. <laughs> all right. Well, we will see you guys next week after the Miami game episode will probably be coming out on Wednesday. Uh, I will I will try to take some some notes and get some uh, perspective from Miami and I'll come back to you guys with what is certain to be a Ravens W. For Pod Like a Raven, I'm Antonio Barbera alongside Tim Horsey and Jay Sevens signing off episode one. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.